Hey, meteorologist Ed Russo here. This is another edition of It's Raining Meteorologists. <laughs> it's raining vents. Hey, it's uh, meteorologist Tom Russell here. Ed, always great to catch up with you. And as we record this, you've had a very busy day educating our youth uh, about uh, meteorology. But this is special for you because you were at your alma mater. Tell us about your day. Yeah, so I went to uh, Dallastown Area Intermediate School. Of course, that's you know, relatively newer building in the Dallas Town School District. It was built after I graduated, but um, a lot of, you know, I had a couple of teachers there that, uh, you know, <laughs> hadn't seen in quite some time. So, you know, well, wait, always... do, they, do they recognize you? Uh, once I, you know, one of them, once I told them who I was, and I think they started, it's, it's kind of like you recognize somebody Right. But you're and not sure how, right? You're not sure how, but then when you say their name, then it like opens up a file cabinet in your brain. Right. And then so, you can recall. So for you, it was like, oh, Ed, he was the one in detention every Thursday. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. That's how I like to be, that's, <laughs> that's how I like to be remembered. But, but yeah, it, it's always cool going back. Um, it, it is kind of full circle because I, I, you know, I was, I got into weather around the third, fourth grade. And here I am going back to Dallas town to talk to yeah. fourth graders about weather. So that's pretty and, cool. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, for me, you know, it was a VHS tape that got me into weather. It was tornado video. So here I am showing fourth graders tornado video and who knows, you know, it might, yeah, it might spark their interest. It seems something so trivial, but, uh, you know, trivial things can end up having pretty big impacts on, on your life. But, you know, they, they loved it. They loved the videos. They loved the dry ice experiments, making clouds. You know, I've never gone to a school where the kids are like, oh, this is, weather's boring. Boy, you know, right. It's, it's just such a, it's not a nice subject to be in because everybody is interested in it. Right. And can relate to it. I, robust yeah. is the word I always use. It's a very robust you know, no matter what direction you go, hurricanes, tornadoes, mm -hmm. uh, flood, there's a, there's a lot of topics. That of course, you know, too. at that age, the more destructive, the better. Uh, <laughs> very true. Very true. Yeah, well, let's talk about that because kids that age have been exposed to so much more than you and I ever were because, you know, the Weather Channel was just getting going as I was getting to my career. Uh, it was there for you. But now, not only do they have the Weather Channel, they have so much live coverage they can watch tornadoes on youtube mm -hmm. so do you think that spurs more interest in weather or is it scare kids more i yeah. think it does um i think it, i i think the most interesting thing about it is when you didn't have all of the really neat footage at your disposal yeah. i think you appreciated the few times that you did see some right. cool stuff so it was you know, so rare. Yeah. So, you know, back in the early 90s, and I brought this up before, tornado video was pretty uncommon. I mean, you saw it, you know, you, you saw it, but, you know, and and it was usually grainy and far away. It was grainy. It was the home video camcorder. Right, so, it, right. yeah, it just, it just it didn't have the same quality it does today. And not everybody, you know, the camcorder back in the 80s was, you know, it's not like everyone had one. Right. Right, you so, have to be on the wealthier side if your family had one. Yes. Now, with cell phones, we're literally inside the storm. You see the structure and the way the cameras are so good that they really can bring out the structure of the storm, how the storm is circulating. It's so cool now. Yeah, and and, and we see so much of it that um, you know, I I think the uh the process of viewing it isn't as special, so to speak, because right, you know, it's been 
I guess diluted a little bit. So a little bit. Yeah, so I think it it was more special when there was more scarcity in terms of all of this weather phenomenon, and 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 I think you know the at the time the the Weather Channel was the one channel that yep. showed you this stuff all the time. I mean, not a lot of the other channels. I mean, they had like National Geographic type movies and videos and stuff, but you know the Weather Channel had several specials that they would have throughout the year. And, yes. Yes. And, they always had the the uh supply for tornado video i mean everybody knew what the weather channel was people lived by it that was their slogan remember whether whether you can always turn to yeah they've had a couple of slogans like that uh, they, but they, they had, yeah you have movies like twister come along so you know there, there's different inflection points i think media wise that have really influenced uh you know some of us to get into meteorology mm -hmm. but i almost think we're, we're due for an update of twister like uh you know since we do have better understanding of storms we have better video you know i keep hearing that there's a twister two in the works but we almost need like a blockbuster that's weather focused you know yeah yeah i'm i'm just i'm trying to think how the i'm trying to i'm just trying to think how you know twister was obviously created in a different environment than we're in today yeah it was so you know, you know i don't i don't remember like i feel like if twister were made today there would be some some hit single that would come out of it <laughs> you know how like you know yeah titanic, you gotta have a song with it right? yeah titanic my heart will go on uh so for twister i don't remember with helen hunt and paxton i don't remember like a a song with it a song no, I don't either. But I feel like the Twister that's coming out, Twister 2, I feel like it's going to have like a Taylor Swift single. <laughs> I guess I it know. could. It's just the feeling. Yeah. It seems like it would. You're probably yeah. right. Yeah. Because right. I think well, music, yeah. music seems to be so much more. Well, I think they've always been important in movies, but I feel like every movie that's made today has some sort of like number one single that comes out of it. Yeah, it goes with it. Yeah. But the other problem, too, is everything's so political. You know, even like the day after tomorrow, I see that on cable all the time. I'm like, come on, this is ridiculous. Uh, that's one of the movies I think that works against us and getting people excited about weather because, uh, you know, I, I want a weather, a meteorology based weather movie, not a political based weather movie. Right, you know? it, ta it takes the most, in, the day after tomorrow took like the most unlikely, right. unlikeliest of scenarios from the IPCC report and turned it into a movie. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think, and that's not fun. You want, it's got to be entertaining as well as informative, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, I guess, cause we know what's unrealistic and a lot of people don't. So they watch it thinking, oh, this just seems like it could happen. You know, we right. should, we should change our ways. Right. Uh, but, but yeah, so there's a lot of, you know, political drive, you know, just go back and write a plot where you where you're not going to rub people the wrong way you're yeah. just gonna do the and, essence of what the movie is about which is a weather phenomenon and back to the kids you were with what kind of questions are they asking i mean they they've seen and know so much more about weather than than we ever did at their age what, what kind of stuff came up so a lot of them a lot of them like to throw in you know personal stories um, <laughs> and yeah. they all start like this one time yeah yeah one uh, time yeah, it's, it's funny you know you know one one time you know one time yeah a girl said you know she she brought up you know how her grandmother went through a tornado 
Yeah. And I said, oh, was it here in Central PA? She said, no, it was in Nebraska. <laughs> like, and I would ask certain details and she would know. So I could tell that it's a story that's told within the family. Right, right. It lives on. Yeah. Yeah. Lives yeah. On. And and, that, and then, you know, sometimes I'll get, you know, what if you have a big explosion that runs into a tornado? You know, it, it's like they have to take the more destructive version uh, and they want oh, to gotcha. Let, yeah, it's just and that's exactly why they love watching all that tornado stuff so like a worst case scenario yeah and i had what one, happens if a tornado and a hurricane and a flood all have yeah <laughs> the same there, was, there was one there was one kid uh really funny smart too and he raised his hand and and said he said so warm air and cold air collide and you have moist air and dry air that that collide and it forms a supercell that starts to rotate and, and like and like you know exactly how a tornado forms wow he's like describe he's wow. like saying supercell as a fourth grader so i could tell that he got the weather bug like me yep yeah yeah so he was you know and and you know it was just nice to see cuz you see, could see he was really excited to tell me that that's awesome so yeah, no, it's just uh, it's just really cool since you do talk to kids a lot, is there any um, thing you recommend, like if a parent's listening right now and they want to get their kid into it? Like there used to be, a, um, you remember uh, USA Today in the newspaper, they used to have these really cool cartoony graphics on the back page of the USA Today. And then uh, a guy put them all together in a book. And I used to always recommend that book to young people because, you know, it was so understandable. It just made weather yeah. that much more. Uh, is there anything that comes to your mind that you like to hand out to kids or talk to kids about um well i think from the perspective of uh, well can you rephrase the question I, I thought you were taking it somewhere and then it yeah. <laughs> no is there is there like a book or material that you would recommend to a parent like a lot of times parents will ask me oh my kids into weather what do you recommend and i'm like yeah well, for me it was this usa well, today book okay yeah so there's a um there's a there's a weather book i think it's called the weather book <laughs> that's clever <laughs> yeah but i i remember i looked at it all the time and i read it over and over again and i think something that they can hold and flip the pages i'm not talking about a screen i'm talking about a book yes a hard copy agreed well now that you say it the the usa today book i'm talking about is called the weather book and i just looked it up as we were talking here, i so. think that's the same one and we're talking about the same thing because i we're talking about the same book because i, I yeah. remember usa yeah it was all the graphics that usa today used to do on the back page of their newspaper and all but yeah but i see it here it. that's so. it that's the book i just looked it up that's the picture yep that's the book awesome and, awesome. and 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 you know it would have the meteorological elements to it but it obviously would be enough for a younger right. person to understand exactly I thought it really helped me because I remember that book came out in uh in the 90s as I was still uh, studying and whatnot and it's interesting because I you know I I showed him that my first stint was in Fargo North Dakota uh -huh. about you know I I that's where I that was my first broadcasting job I told him how cold it got there. And then I asked him, so do any of you know how cold it got in Pennsylvania? What's the coldest in Pennsylvania? What's the hottest? So we got into that conversation. And those two stats I read in the weather book. Oh, wow. Had a whole bunch. They had a whole list. Like extreme kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I just, I was thinking about that book um, when I was talking about those statistics. So it, that's just, you know, it's just kind of neat. Wow. Yeah. Um, so 
you know, this year, let's switch gears for a second. We haven't really seen a whole lot in the way of severe weather. We had some heavy rain last week, finally brought the Susquehanna up a little bit. Uh, we were kind of behind rainfall wise, but overall, it's been a pretty quiet season so far. Your thoughts? Yeah, so far. I mean, but, you know, I always like to think, you know, second half of May into June can turn super active around here you know, storm-wise. And and that's what I want to emphasize. We're still yeah. heading into the peak of yep. our severe season, which is May and June and even early July. So we're just getting into it now, don't you think? Right. And I think, you know, I think that that whole week that we just had was uh, very strange for May. So, uh, you know, I think we could get caught off guard just by assuming, oh, it's still too cool to get severe weather. Right. But, um, now, now we're, we're kind of getting that pattern where, you know, we're going to turn warm here and it's pretty much going to be permanent. Yay. <laughs> That's a positive for me. Um, so thoughts on summertime, uh, you know, I believe that we're overdue for a cooler than average, uh, summer. And now that we're transitioning to El Nino maybe a little different than the last couple of summers, which yeah. have been yeah, plenty, hot, plenty of days in the 90s. So I'm not saying it's cool, but I think we're going to be a little cooler. Maybe I could see fewer 90 degree days. Right. That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I could actually see a few days that are hotter. Like, really right. But like you and I always talk about, it's those overnight lows when we don't cool down. Uh -huh. uh, that really kind of skew the uh, the overall numbers. Oh, yeah. So, so I'm hoping we have those, you know, I don't mind those 100 degree days if we cool down at night, you know? Yeah. You know, I was, I, I, I was reading an article. I was trying to understand it. Um, and it had something to do with the effects of CO2 are reduced at night. Really? Yeah. Have you read that? uh no i'd have to dig which into is, that a little bit which is interesting because and from what i understand if the overnight temperature is what's supposedly causing a subtle increase in global average temperature you're dealing with a temperature that's occurring when co2 would have its least influence you follow right. where right. i'm going yeah, it kind of goes uh, counterintuitive there. It, yeah, it's counterintuitive, and it almost shows, well, okay, if, if the planet is, like, let's say, half a degree warmer, then would it necessarily be because of CO2 driven warming because of CO2? Because your, your, the idea was that the it's warmer because your overnight lows are so warm, but that's right. also when your CO2 is kind of decoupled from the primary reason of being the the driver for increased warmth so it just it got my i have to read the article again yeah. there's a couple like references reference studies to it but right. i'll have to send it to you well the biggest thing that's left out of all the global warming discussion is that the strongest uh warming factors uh, and it's never inputted in the models is water vapor so mm -hmm. to ignore water vapor, in this case, would make sense with your, your nighttime theory there, that water vapor would have much more influence than CO2 or any of these other trace gases. And water vapor is always ignored in all these modeling. So Yeah, and, and obviously the, the amount of water vapor is driven by evaporation rates, mm -hmm. uh, heavily driven by evaporation rates, and evaporation is driven by heating. So yeah, it's all, it, it, you can't just look at one metric. Right. There's right. just so 
much you have positive feedbacks you have negative, negative feedbacks, feedbacks yep to That's every so single variable that you're talking about when it comes to this i just think sometimes it's over it's oversimplified and the exclusions mm -hmm. are are oversimplified because there are certain things that can happen that could completely you know 10 20 years down the road show that well that wasn't as much of an impact as we thought right you know scale is important you know is it scale yeah. over, over months years decades and everything in weather seems to be cyclical just because it doesn't fit our little timeline doesn't mean it's not a cycle right exactly so, so yeah i think i think people i think the general public can obviously understand that right Right. But it needs to be explained that way sometimes instead of this is happening and that's it and we're done. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's all, you know, it's, there's a, I guess there's a certain finality. So whenever something happens, there's a certain reason that has some finality to it where, it, you know, at some later point cannot ever be questioned. Right. Right. Um, and that's, you know, it's, the science, the scientific community is always, always has to, question there's nothing wrong with consensus and obviously we we want to make decisions based off consensus but there's nothing wrong with questioning consensus my number one pet peeve my number one pet peeve is when somebody says something that is contrary to scientific consensus and the rebuttal to that from another scientist this is where it really bothers me when another scientist says you know you're dis you're in disagreement with every scientific body in the world who cares Right. Prove me wrong. Cares. I don't care if what I'm seeing disagrees with every single scientific body on the planet. That doesn't mean that there's not something more to what I'm seeing. That doesn't mean that there's, I think feel it's like, a, like it's a cop out. Like the person doesn't know what to say, right. like, that they can't refute the observation that that person is seeing. So they just say, oh, you're, you're in disagreement with every scientific body on the planet. Who cares? Right. Use now, the scientific it, method. Prove me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with healthy skepticism. You know, there are certain right. theories and stuff that you and I can just sit here and say, okay, we, that, that idea doesn't need to be entertained, but there are other ideas where it's like, okay, yeah, maybe we should look at that. Maybe there is something more to this. Maybe we should look at it. That's healthy skepticism. And you can have healthy skepticism that could lead you to having an opinion that, yeah, maybe contrary to scientific consensus, but scientific consensus, Consensus is not necessarily truth. Right. That's not how we get breakthroughs either. You need right. to go against the grain. Hey, listen, I got to go uh, do a quick broadcast here. So, Oh, yeah, um, you got the news tonight. I, I well, I don't want to get your uh, blood pressure up either. I'm a little worried about you. So. <laughs> hey, I, I am feeling great. I, I, I didn't rant or anything. I just, is it safe? Is it safe yeah. for recording? Yes, it is. So I love you, man. Okay, good. Uh, I got to go run through this. So uh, we'll catch up. Thank you for listening. Uh, so we're looking forward to a warm up. That's how we're going to leave this, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. And warmer, sunnier days ahead. Amen. All right. Hey, you're listening to It's Raining Mets. Great talking to you, Tom. You too. Take care.